So let's pop on out to the KDOS hotline now. It is Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow them over at pfnbetting.com. Brian, it's Bob and Kayla. How are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. Looking forward to trying to figure out what to do here for this Sunday slate of action around the NFL. And as typical, starting with the local contest, you have Joe Burrow in town uh, as the Arizona Cardinals are hosting. Joe Burrow is averaging 3.3 completed air yards. The offensive line has struggled to protect him. Questions about his calf injury. The Cardinals do have a bit of a suspect secondary. Can their scheme get some pressure home on that offensive line? and on Joe Burrow. He has 247 and a half yards through the air as a prop. At some point, he will have a game, but is that this Sunday? Is the under still in play for Burrow? And conversely, what do we do with Josh Dobbs, whether it is through the air or on the ground with him? Yeah, you said it that uh, how bad the Bengals passing off the book so far, particularly because of Joe Burrow's calf injury and how limited they've been and throwing it deep down the field. Um, you're right. Eventually, eventually, this offense has to figure it out. But I don't want to be the one that bets on it and then loses until they actually do. So I'm going to have a wait and see approach with Bengals offense before I start taking any overs or the player props of the passing game. And that goes for Josh Dobbs, one of my favorite player props this week. And this might, uh, your audience might not like this one. Josh Dobbs their interception. He hasn't thrown a pick through four games this year so far, and he's the only starting quarterback that started every game this season that hasn't thrown an interception. Yet, wow. um, I saw that on Twitter that he has seven interception-worthy throws this season, which, rank, which ranks in the top seven of all starting quarterbacks. So he's definitely a guy that's due. As good as he looks, he's not going to have such good ball security for the rest of the season. That's a good point. I didn't realize he had no interceptions because he's had like three or four that got dropped, as you just also mentioned there. All right, Brees Hall returns to Denver. He suffered the ACL injury last year against the Broncos. The Jets have said this week that he's not on a snap count. Uh, any enticing Brees Hall over props against uh, the Denver defense, which is bad? Yeah, this has to be one of the easiest overs of the week is Brees Hall because not only how bad this Broncos defense is, but if you're believing this coach team from Robert Sala, then that means that Brees Hall should be in the ball a lot more this weekend. He's been sharing the carries with Dalvin Cook in the backfield, but it's been a completely opposite story between the two running backs. Brees Hall has been one of the most efficient running backs this season. Dalvin Cook's the least. And now they're going to fully unlock Brees Hall as I think he's fully recovered from his ACL injury from last season. There's no better spot than against the Broncos defense. To kickstart the Sunday slate of action, it is going to be another London contest with the Jaguars and the Bills. The Bills' defense has been swarming, making things difficult for opposing quarterbacks. Is 246 and a half yards just too many for Trevor Lawrence? And flipping this on over to the Bills' side of things here, Josh Allen has been really good since week one, and maybe they have their running back now with James Cook. He's sitting at 54 and a half yards. Yeah, it's... um. One thing that uh, Trevor Lawrence has going for him this week, well, two things, actually. One is that they have the travel advantage that they stayed in London all week, which is pretty significant when you think about it, considering how long that travel is and the um, jet lag itself with the time difference there. And uh, the Bills lost their best corner, Xavier's White, to an Achilles injury last week for the season. So even though they should be getting Bob Miller back this week, losing their best cornerback will be a big loss with pass defense that's been one of the best in the NFL so far, and this Jaguars offense is due. It's really hard to judge them from last week because they just forced so many turnovers off Desmond Ritter, and 
the offense really didn't need to do too much. But eventually, they're just too talented to they're just the underperforming they had in this season. But I don't know if this is the week. So I'm going to probably pass on Trevor Lawrence's props there. And with the Bills, they're this is a, they have, they, they've been they've been incredible the last few weeks, but they played some really bad defenses and. This could be a bit of a letdown spot for them traveling to London, like I said, without having that travel advantage with the time difference to get them against the Jaguars' defense that's far better than the ones they faced the last few weeks in the Dolphins, Commanders, as we saw last night on Thursday Night Football, get smoked by the Bears, and then the Raiders the week before. The Giants have two rookie corners. Uh, we're looking for a bounce back against the Dolphins' passing game. I know the numbers are high, but do we still give it a shot? Yeah, I don't really know how you don't give it a shot if you are interested in uh, betting a lot of player props this We've seen this Dolphins offense. They don't take a foot off the gas against really bad teams like we saw with the Denver Broncos uh, a few weeks ago. And the Giants really are no exception here. I mean, I just don't know how. I mean, if the Dolphins had a bit of a letdown last week, they'll get the Bills defense that's far superior to the Giants one. And even though Bill Mitchell and Karen Arthur just want to left tackle, this Giants defense, even though not as underwhelming as an offense, has been pretty subpar so far this season. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network. Follow all their work over at pfnbetting.com uh, here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. When it comes to this Panthers and Lions contest, Bryce Young is throwing the ball at or behind the line of scrimmage over 30% of the time. The offensive line for the Panthers is unable to protect. So do we try to get uh, creative here and go with some sack props for the Lions, or do we stick with something a little bit more traditional and some underplays for Bryce Bryce Young. Yeah, I wouldn't hate some uh, sack props here because you mentioned the mismatch between the Lions pass rush and the Panthers offensive line that's traveling on the road here. But Bryce Young, his passing yards prop is at 213.5, and he's only gone over 200 yards in one start this season. Um, the biggest question mark for the Lions heading into the season was their defense, but they've been really good so far this season, and it's probably an easy matchup so far going against the Panthers, who might have the worst offense in the NFL. and while C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson have looked really good so far, Bryce Young, even though it's only been three games, he has pretty much no help around him. It's been very uninspiring. Opinion. Does the uh, impressive C.J. Stroud magic, uh, does it end this week? I think the Falcons might have a pretty good defense, so maybe Stroud some under stuff. Is that just you know, barking up the wrong tree here? No, I don't think that's a bad idea, considering it might be a good sell-high spot for C.J. Stroud, considering everyone is super high on the Texans team now and C.J. Stroud following the two-game winning streak, and Stroud now being the favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. The Falcons are 2-2, two and two, but 2-0 two and, two and oh at home and 0-2 oh on the road in count, counting London. And if there is a good time to sell high on C.J. Stroud, it would be in this matchup where the Texans are seen as a pretty frisky and uh, public underdog. I can't seem to get this text, uh, this excuse me, this Titans team correctly here. They're now back on the road facing the Colts. Uh, is this a control the ball game and clock game? So you just feed Derrick Henry. Seventy five and a half yards is potentially a lot here, but if the volume is there, that's the type of play that this uh, Titans team wants to play with. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's really hard to get a good read in the Titans team. They had a very narrow loss to the Saints in Week One that. The score looks a bit closer and actually was because of that backdoor field goal at the end of the game. And they beat the Chargers a week two, and then they got smoked by the Browns a week three, and then smoked the Bengals a week after. But 
how how big is how real is that wave is the Bengals team right now that looks just outright terrible on both sides of the ball. So I really like this spot for Derrick Henry here. It's because the Colts' defense, the weakness of them is, uh, is, is them stopping the run. And we saw last year Derrick Henry still a lot left in the tank going for 122 yards on 22 carries. Monday night, Josh Jacobs, uh, he doesn't have a carry longer than 10 yards this season in any game. That's uh, last year, yeah, Last year he led the league in rushing with basically the same offensive lineman. Uh, is there any uh, value with Josh Jacobs under props? Yeah, it's a pretty wild stat that even though I knew that it's been a tough season for Josh Jacobs so far, I didn't know that it was that bad. But if there's any team besides the Broncos that's a good that's a good spot for a running back, the next best team will be the Packers run defense. They're giving up 155 yards per game on the ground. And them schematically just have been bad at stopping the run for the past couple of seasons now. And the Raiders are at home as well. So if there is a spot for Josh Jacobs to get back on track besides the two games to have the one game season remaining the season against the Broncos, it would be on Monday night against the Packers. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network right here on KDUS AM 1060 in the extra points. Uh, this Saints in this Patriots contest here, does anyone actually even get into the end zone? Uh, Chris Olave, he's been a key factor, but he's coming off a game where he just had four yards. The question is, is Derek Carr healthy? You have questions now about the Patriots' secondary. So is this the opportunity for the Saints to be able to exploit that? Or is this just a no play for anything in this game? Yeah, well, I know one thing for sure. Alex Barr gets in the end zone and won't be on a long touchdown play after he had 13 catches for 33 <laughs> yards last week or something crazy. I was one of those people. I'm very disappointed that they didn't start James Winston. I just don't know. I just don't know how Carr, in his condition last year, with how bad he looked, was a better option than James. Considering James is one of the more talented backup quarterbacks in the NFL, but. The Patriots defense, they lose, they're missing their two best players now for a long time, and Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez. So now I really don't understand what the Patriots have going for them. Like, what's the strength of this team? Can their defense still hold up? Can Belichick still scheme up a new game plan with missing his two best defensive players in the year 2023? But it really also depends on how healthy Derek Carr is. So this one's a complete stay away for me because there's too many unknown factors here. Okay, Brian, it's you and me against the world uh, with Jameis. We're on Jameis. Uh, you know, we like Jameis, I guess. Jameis Island. So, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. We can't be wrong, so everybody else is definitely wrong. There's no way we, yeah. uh, we are about that. Not a chance. Okay, the full disclosure, this next thing is more of a selfish fantasy football question. Should I start Michael Pittman? Is there a Pittman prop value out there? Any of that out there? I'm a concerned because Anthony Richardson last week came closer to hitting the cheerleaders in some of his passes than he did anybody in the playing field. Yeah, that's a tough call for me just because, like you said, as good as Richardson's look, he's not there yet consistently as a passer, which isn't surprising anyone by any means, considering that was pretty much the knock on at Cornell College. It's going to be pretty raw as a passer, accuracy is a question, but there's any way to attack this Titans defense and through the air in the passing game. We've seen a lot of receivers have big games against the Titans secondary so far this season. So it's really a tough call because you're really weighing the two facets against each other here. I'm looking up Pittman's uh, receiving prop right now. It's at 59 and a half, which if you think the Titans are playing from excuse me, if you think the be playing from behind, that wouldn't be a bad number to play because of how involved he is in the passing game. But 
it is re- it's really a toss up for me. I wouldn't play it personally, but if I was need one way or the other, I would need one. The uh the Rams and the Eagles here. Can AJ Brown have himself another day? Seventy six and a half yards is his prop. The Rams uh likely will have to try to do the damage by getting home, but this Eagles offensive line remains very good. So are there some deep shop opportunities here with AJ Brown and flipping this on over to if Cooper Cup plays, uh how does that impact Nakua as well as uh Atwell? Yeah, I'll start with the Rams. I think it's a smart to the wait and see approach before having a strong conviction how Cooper Cup affects the rest of the team. We don't know what Cooper's role is going to be with Cooper Cup lineup. I mean, maybe it's unaffected. Maybe Cooper Cup takes away a pretty much like all his cards. No. In terms of the Eagles, we saw AJ Brown have two monster weeks in a row coming off. Uh-oh. Looks like we're having some complications there with uh, Brian's phone. Uh, we'll try to get him can back. Oh, Brian, can you hear us? Yeah. Uh, no, I'll say Brown made a pretty strong effort on the game plan. We will uh, try to get Brian back here for his final thoughts on uh, what's go- what anything else we haven't okay. discussed here. So I'll try to do that here real quick. And I'll talk a little bit about this. Uh, you know, I think we can, you know, basically if you know, we, if Cup comes back, I think Puka is going to still play a role. It, it's interesting. This, you know, I don't think a lot of people thought that Cup was going to play this week. Uh, you know, his first week, he's been eligible. The fact that the Rams uh, you know, fancy themselves as a playoff contender, and that's possible. They're better than I thought they were going to be. I think they're better than almost everybody thought they were going to be. I wonder if they're better than they thought they might be. Uh, but it seemed like, at least for me from afar, that they're kind of rushing cup back here. Uh, so we'll see. But you know, I think that Atwell is uh, – if, if, if Cup and, and Puka are on the field, I can't imagine Atwell has any kind of role at this point as far as the Rams are concerned. So we'll see how that goes. And Atwell's kind of a big play guy anyway, kind of a hit or miss proposition, at least in my opinion. Uh, So we'll uh, see what happens with the Rams in the future. Their defense has actually been, I think, more surprising to me than the offense. I mean, Stafford has had a really good season so far. You mentioned uh, when we talked about this game earlier in the hour about his hip situation. Uh, But uh, his arm is amazing. And uh, I heard a stat yesterday on the Athletic podcast that uh, you know Stafford is uh, like almost twice as many throws and completions outside the hash marks than any other team in the NFL this year. Uh, we're back with Brian Blues, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Brian, always appreciate the time here. Uh, we have a huge contest, Sunday night football, between the 49ers and the Cowboys here. The yardage just keeps going higher and higher for Christian McCaffrey, uh, but he keeps exceeding expectations. I don't even want to know what his numbers are for any time touchdown scorer here. But what do we do uh, with the 49ers and for the Cowboys here, a revenge game of sorts uh do we take a look at cd lamb do we take a look at tony pollard yeah first of all i want to say sorry about the misconnection there if you had my connection cutting out at a minus 200 you'd cash your ticket right now (laughs) 
But uh, <laughs> when it comes to the player props of this one, I mean, you said it with McCaffrey. I don't want to know what his touchdown prop is. Well, I do want to know. I'm looking it up. And right now, it's at minus 185, which would be incredibly high for any other player but McCaffrey, who saw his <laughs> at minus 300 a couple weeks ago, I believe. But if there's any way to tag this Cowboys defense on the ground, and there's no better player on the ground this year so far than Christian McCaffrey. So there's a lot of 77 and a half. If you do believe in the 49ers offense having a good day and getting this win on Sunday night, then that seems like a pretty easy play in my estimation. And in terms of for the Cowboys player props, the 49ers really haven't faced a good passing attack so far this season besides the Rams. And, but at the same time, the Cowboys offense hasn't been as efficient without Kevin Moore so far this season. So in my estimation, I see this one being close. And the Cowboys, for the Cowboys to win this one, it have to be a low-scoring game defensive battle with their defensive line taking over because I don't really see a high-scoring game unless it's a 49ers blowout with McCaffrey on the ground. So when looking at the player props specifically, they are relatively low. I mean, CD Lance priced down with this in mind at 66-and-a-half, and Brandon Cooks at 39-and-a-half really hasn't been getting going all this season as that new number two wide receiver. But it really just depends on how you see the game script going for this one. Now, let me just add, rather, one quick final thing for me is I'm actually really surprised uh, that that uh, – yeah, McCaffrey anytime touchdown thing doesn't start with minus and a two in front of it instead of the one. Yeah, me too. When I was looking that up, I was actually, I was really surprised it was quote unquote only minus one eighty five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Brian. Before we let you go here, is there anything that we haven't discussed? Rushing yards, receiving yards, passing yards, anytime touchdown scorer that you like this Sunday? Uh, you gave us Brian Robinson last week, and that was a winner. Yeah, for this week. I like uh, Bijan Robinson to um, go over his rushing yards prop against the Houston Texans. Right now, I'm looking it up. It's um, well, it's actually off the board. I'm looking at for DraftKings in the moment, but I saw it was at 37 and a half earlier today. The Falcons, you would hope it's a get-right game for them back at home. They lost two games in a row on the road, and Bijan's been one of the most effective runners in the league this year, but the volume hasn't always been there because of game skip the last two weeks. They've been down by double digits at half two weeks in a row, and they're going against the Texans team that they're short home favorites again to have really struggled to stop the run this year, as we saw with uh, Travis Etienne a couple weeks ago. And then it's the last couple of matches that had such big leads earlier that hasn't really been a factor for them. Brian, as always, we appreciate the time. Uh, have fun this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thank you, guys. Good luck on your best. Absolutely. Once again, he is Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, and you can follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com.